Now on Racing Pulse, RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. As much as she's probably the biggest jockey superstar in world racing, if you factor everything in, she hasn't won one of the big four. So I think she's probably thinking, I'd probably like to win one or two of the big four before I think about something that might be hard to return from. For more news, opinion and selections, head to rsn.net.au. Yes, it is time for RSN's Racing Editor, Matty Stewart, with all of the racing world's news in one neat little package. And he's a happy man, Matty Stewart, because yesterday he was bemoaning the fact that he couldn't get his car registered, it needs to be serviced, and he's got a lot of debts and bills to pay. But, Mikey, he must have followed Lindsay Smith yesterday. All you needed to do was listen to Racing Pulse yesterday and you'd be swimming in cash today. I'd go the all up with the two better ones, Queen Air. And I know I can't give you much, but they're only crumbs. But at least uh, it's something. So Queen Air into the last one, Sabre. Mawalik's going the strongest, though. She drew clear in the latter stages, and Mawalik won it by a length. This is the touch-of-class runner for the day. Queen of Air, she coasts home with a gear or two left up her sleeve, one by two and a half. Likely suspects the one late. Likely suspect hit the lead. Three out of three for Lindsay Smith's team today. It's Jugan in front. He's holding a length on Wagon Wheel. Jugan in front of Wagon Wheel. Jugan hangs on to win. Sabah raced up and claimed them with 100 metres left to go. And it's a handful for Lindsay Smith's t- team today. Sabah too good, raced on to score by a length over Fiorenzak, who made up. Ah, uh, that's all you need to do is follow the bull man, and that is Lindsay Smith. Not only did he get the double, and he played it. Safe for the punters out there. He got five winners, Matty, um, at Warnable yesterday. And, and Queen Air and Sabah are two horses that we're going to see a lot more of. The way Queen Air won, breaking her maiden, mm. was so impressive. And I think Sabah's a, a group-class horse in the making uh, in the last race. She got out to seventy Queen Air, too, which was enticing for some who took on some parlays. Now, Lindsay, just looking at his track stats, uh, courtesy, I think it was, uh, this is from .com's data. Warnable, he's had 153 winners for 30 winners at a win strike rate of nearly 20% and nearly 45% nearly play strike rate. So uh, every second time he has a runner, they run top three at Warnable. His best strike rate uh, in Victoria is Terang, where he's had 46 star- 66 starters for 17 winners running at 25% win strike rate and 50% play strike rate. So as good as he goes at Warnable, Lindsay Smith, he goes even better 25 minutes down the road at uh, Terang. Yeah, it's pretty good strike rate. He's building a very nice team. And I know after we spoke to Lindsay, you then had Jared Fry on, on the Big V a little later, and, and he was talking about Tuvalu as well. Yeah, we asked him about whether how big a gap or a bigger step it would be for Tuvalu to be in the big league, like consistently be a really good weight for age performer like Yazakis and I'm Thunderstrucks, and whether or not the blinkers uh, might help him uh, bridge that gap? Well, I just think, um, obviously, going into the ore and with him sort of being a bit more relaxed this time in, it might just help um, sort of wake him up, or not so much wake him up a little bit, but sharpen him up a little bit because. We know he's got that um, turn of foot and he can quicken off a good speed. Um, but just with him being a little bit relaxed this time in, I think it might just help um, awaken the dragon, so to speak. I like that. Awaken the dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very zen comment. Um, I just think he might be one of those horses that does make that transition from 
because he had all those setbacks early on and he's got a bit of a clear run of health now. So I've got a feeling that Tuvalu might just wander into that top 10 uh, sort of group of horses who run around in these all the big races. So whether he ends up all-star mile Queen Elizabeth Stakes and I think he's going to be a pretty lethal 2,000-metre horse, very hard to get past. So he might have become a bit of a Grand Army, Desert War type, that sort of style of horse. So well, he, he's one of the more interesting runners throughout the, the this preparation. And as Lindsay alluded to yesterday, he said he, he could be a better 2,000-metre horse, just rolling along yep. in front, you know, a nice 2,000 at Flemington. High balling, it could be a good race. They're very hard horses to run down. Mm. They are the perfect weight for age prototype, aren't they? So, you know, you, like you say, you run a horse like him under those conditions against an I'm Thunderstruck. He probably wins just as much as Thunder because of their racing patterns. Well, so. have a look at the Champion Stakes final day. It was dominated yep. by those horses yep. up on yep. speed. So, um, it'll be fascinating to see how he comes back. Um, just having a chat to John O'Shea there, talking about. Um, good horses returning. We've also got some pretty good jockeys at the moment, including Tommy Marquand, who flies in today, and he's got a, a big book, including Zoo Tiger, um, on Saturday. And I think he's going to be there for about six or seven weeks yeah. in Sydney. Aussie Tom. He, in between every visit, his star has risen higher and higher in Europe. He's now up there with the William Buicks and, and so on, uh, you know, in that super elite group of journeyman European jockeys. Uh, he, the the as last count the rides he's got is uh, Zufiqua for Godolphin in the the Lonro Plate the one you mentioned Zoo Tiger, who's he's another one on the cusp Zoo Tiger he's another good on pace improver that just might have a Group One in him uh, this time around so who who's to say that it might not be Tom Marquand, also uh, he's got one for Mitch Beer called uh, Hardware Lane in the seventy eight and Paul Massara Lightfoot in the Highway at the moment and. He'll get full books from this week on. Once we have another glimpse at Tommy Marquin, uh, everyone will remember, and then he'll be much sought after. There's no doubt about that. Hey, talking about international jockeys, not a bad rap that John O'Shea just gave the young French apprentice who is coming out here, um, who was likened to the next Frankie de Tori, Benoit de la Sayette, who is having his first Australian ride uh, on I See You um, tomorrow for John O'Shea. If you have a look at uh, some of the international articles on him, he's only 19 years of age, the first apprentice that John Gosden has hired in 30 years. Of course, John Gosden was the one who found Frankie Dottori and shaped him into um, the superstar that he is. So it'll be fascinating to see him riding in Sydney tomorrow as well. Actually, I've been having a text exchange with uh, a former Shanti trainer who's still over there, John Hammond, uh, this morning about unrelated stuff. I'll, the next text I'll send is how good is this kid because he's the toughest marker in France, John Hammond. So he would certainly uh, have a uh, a view on him. So, yeah, no, it's I love it when these guys come down. Uh, Marquin came down. Um, you say, uh, Murphy, uh, we've seen Murphy came down a few years ago before anyone knew who he was. He was with Danny O'Brien, and then he became one of the one of the great jockeys as well. So it's a bit of a rite of passage for some of these young kids down here to do a bit of a stint, isn't it? Uh, and then they go back to Europe and mature even further. What else is making news, Matty? Um, interesting situation with the, the uh, one of the greatest all-time jumpers, Honeysuckle. This European, uh, the Irish and English jump season is well underway. And uh, it's now about retribution for Honeysuckle. First ever defeat in her 17-start career for the De Bromheads uh, in uh, December. And all eyes will be on uh, 
whether Honeysuckle can knock off the, the new kids on the block in the uh, Irish champion hurdle on the weekend. So there hasn't been a jumps race with greater anticipation in Europe for some time than can Honeysuckle claw her way off the canvas uh, uh, in the UK. Aaron Lynch uh, had a bad fall on the 14th of uh, January at Pakenham. Uh, uh, he's bouncing back. They're tough boys, these Lynch boys. Uh, he rode five winners at Hanging Rock on, on New Year's Day, of course. Uh, latest reports is that he's been such a good go-to jockey in recent times at you know your Cranbourne and Packenhams and these sort of meetings. Um, the latest is that he reckons he might be back within within a week after a really bad fall. On there was a concussion-related uh, part of that fall as well. Had a chat to Neil Brainbridge just on text exchange this morning. Of course, the issue. Uh, the terrible, terribly unfortunate situation with the night meeting that was cancelled with the Dean Lester theme um, last Friday night because of a, a, a patch of grass close to the home turn. And I'd spoken to Neil afterwards on the radio and then um, on the phone afterwards about a, a potentially troublesome bit of poa grass that had contributed to, to, to that, that spot on the track. Uh, this is from Neil this morning. They tr- commenced a major renovation on Monday. Um, it was actually planned a long time ago, but but does tend to happen annually. Unfortunately, the meeting can't be rerun. However, um, I'm just reading the text messages now. We are issuing a press release stating how much money was raised. Uh, despite losing the meeting, the funds raised will not be affected, which is good. Uh, the race sponsorship money will be paid and donated. Gate receipts will be paid by the club to Dean, despite... Um, that all fun. So there's a stop gap that the club is going to pay a shortfall. Um, the Black Caviar print auction raised 750 thanks to Luke Nolan and Luke Nolan donation uh, and so on. So the meeting will not be uh, rerun, even though there was a thought from some that if ever you could probably have another crack, it was this under the circumstances, but it just wasn't feasible. Track's being given a, a full renovation, so hopefully this issue will not occur again. And as best they can and almost to the dollar, um, the, comp- the financial compensation for what would have been earned on the night uh, has or will be paid out. So what, what, what do you think about what occurred there? Um, uh, well, sometimes with track walking, you can't cover the whole... It's, this happened a lot at different tracks where no matter what inspections take place, no matter what zigzagging takes place, you can zig when you should zag and so on. And it was out wide on the track, so... You know, we just have to accept that it just didn't get seen with because it wasn't like the normal processes weren't weren't didn't take place. So the normal processes that would occur every other day of the week took place, and it just happened to be caught out the corner of the eye of Ethan Brown. So uh, I still find it difficult to think that the 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 track staff or the stewards can't find an issue so severe that it causes a race meeting to be cancelled until an hour before the race. It was up to a jockey to find it walking the track. So for me, there's a fail-safe there somewhere. Now, whether that's the, the club's fault, Racing Victoria's fault, we don't have professional track walkers anymore. Remember, we used to have Sammy mm. Highland and a few that would go out there and try and independently give their assessment of the track. I know city tracks, there's a lot of professional punters like Mark Hunter, form analysts that go out there and walk the track. Um, well, we obviously none of the form analysts, if, if any walked the Cranbourne track, none of them found it either, though, that group. Those professional track walker, that experiment didn't work for various reasons. It wasn't just an economic thing. There was a, a perception that they weren't actually day-to-day adding a great deal. 
So, um, but as you say, it's a reminder to all clubs that um, of super vigilance and so on. And you, you know, obviously they they will not allow this to happen again. So obviously there was a little bit of a chink in the system that allowed it to happen. So, but had it not been such a uh, poignant sort of themed meeting, well, we get a lot of meetings that go by the wayside, but this one was extra had an extra sting to the tail, and the club was was as devastated as as everyone else. So, oh, absolutely, no yeah. one wants to see it happen. I'm just wondering if there is more that can be done to safeguard that from happening again in the future, not at Cranbourne, but any racetrack. Yeah. The further you get out into the, the country circuit, the more difficult it is because there is less resources, less people to yeah. actually look after that. Interesting SMS coming through here, and Matty Nevitt, a world champion producer, might be able to get on the phone here. Hey, Matty and Michael, I see Damien Lane is going to Dubai on Blue Domidate. Well, I think he's actually going, he's going to Saudi. He's riding in the Saudi Cup, the $20 million Saudi Cup on Blue Diamond Day because um, he's riding Japan's crown pride in that race. Yeah. So um, who is going to ride Uncommon James in the Oakley Plate now? That's from Pado, uh, from Ben in Pado Lake. So that's a good question because... Um, Uncommon James, I think, is around about a six or seven dollar chance, and Damien Lane rode Uncommon James, uh, James, and it's wind down here, so we might give um, the trainers a call to see who will be taking the ride on Oakley Plate. It's a big step for Damien Lane. We know he's the Asian god over there; he rides so well in Japan. But to to have a ride in the Saudi Cup, the twenty million dollar race, it's <laughs> it's a massive moment. Well, and it con- and it just continues his link to Japan as well. Like it's, I think there's probably a bigger story about his ongoing relationship with the Japanese uh, uh, racing industry as well. So no surprise to me that he's he's taken up that invitation, and whoever replaces him will be, you know, a good replacement, won't they? So. Oh, yeah. um, what else? Uh, interesting with um, the five winners of Lindsay Smith yesterday. There was a, I know I'm going back to Saturday, but it was a not really nice interview with Terry McAuliffe uh, on Racing.com yesterday and Rochelle Milnes, who comes from a racing family. Uh, I'm not sure if she was a pony clubber. I was trying to do a bit of research to work out she's an, whether she was another one that had come through that system that seems to be producing all these uh, star female participants, but she... Uh, she went to Sejuna on Saturday and, and, and knocked the lights out with five winners and just got a little grab, just a really uh, really nice girl and uh, it was just a, a nice interview with Terry and we just got a little grab from that from .com yesterday. I think I was, I'd like my one and then my double was my goal just to ha- like keep it up and then after the third was just great and then fourth and fifth, yeah, it got better. <laughs> So she came through the Apprentice Academy over there. Um, she's apprenticed to John Dunn and Crystal Bishop. Uh, her dad was a successful jockey, and she's under the, the care of Dean Pettit and, the, and that crew over there. And I think she grew up in Port Lincoln. So, she, uh, yeah, she's been working in stables all her life and never really thought about doing it. Then, like so many others, she said she caught the bug, and uh, the rest is history. She, I think she, she had her first ride in November of last year, and, and then she rides five, five at Sejuna. That's just unreal. Um, Absolutely unreal. Have you been to the Sejuna? No, track? no. I might try because uh, I, yeah. Well, like all of us, try and tick off a few. I've always been fascinated by Kangaroo Island. Done King Island. Might even have a little crack at Kangaroo Island. Well, you should, shouldn't you? Uh, you could just get another sponsor. You were sponsored to go to King Island, so you could just get another sponsor somewhere. Yeah, Racing SA. Was there um, Tony Gollan? Um, some news in regard to wanting a. Jockey mentor? Well, it's interesting um, with, uh, you know, the era of, of, of jockey mentors and 
Uh, and again, with the um, you know the off off the back of the, the segue from uh, Rochelle riding five at Sejuna, there's a really big staff uh, jockey up in. Uh, uh, Queensland, uh, Angela Jones, who's ridden more than 40 Metro winners. And Robbie Frad, who's a star jockey, uh, has had all sorts of health issues. And Tony Gollan, it was just interesting reading a story where um, he has suggested to Robbie Frad that he acts as sort of like a jockey coach to, to Angela Jones. So it's just an indication of how things have changed and how the support for, for jockeys is now growing and the idea of uh, a... a uh, Craig Williams often refers to his team and that jockeys have teams and support bases around them other than just family members. So well, James uh, Winks has been the, the leader yeah. in that area. Yeah. He's, he's put together a, a brilliant little team um, from training them physically, mentally, and helping them out with uh, race riding tactics. Absolutely. What about who roared into the office today, jumping up and down about a race it, result it, in it, Hong it Kong It was a bit embarrassing. Night. And um, <laughs> we spoke about the... Stellar tipping performance of Lindsay Smith. There's only one when we go to Hong Kong that you need to follow. Hong Kong Hutchie did it again last night. And I think you'll be hearing this clip if Andrew Bensley has anything to do with it. Fair bit on the airways of RSN. Side and then came behind them, fiery flying, still yet to get to infinite power, but the favourites eating into the margin now, Solar Partner, and Hoss is driving through the centre, and he will knock them all off. Hoss! Hoss the winner. He's beaten Solar Partner and third in was it? Yeah, there you go, eh? A little bit like what happens in here. Uh, he just drives through the centre and... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. crash, it. bang, knocks him over on the way through. Um, big V later on. Uh, the big focus today was a lot of harness racing with the Hunter Cup coming up on Saturday night and also um, Werribee. Serge Beanie's a trainer who's been around for a long time but only has a couple in work. He's a bit of a Mr. Colac and we're going to have a chat to him. Remember the days of Lions Club, Rotary Clubs and Apex Clubs? and uh, He was the head of Rotary in, in Colac and it was like something that people did a generation ago where everyone used to roll up their sleeves and, and help the local community. So we'll have a chat to him about that and got to focus. Uh, finally, finally, Healesville is going to get underway on the weekend. So they've had trees fall on buildings. They've had rising rivers and floods. So finally, uh, probably our most well-known picnic track is finally going to Bounce the ball on the weekend. Uh, I think it's the Golden Thong meeting. Um, so we'll uh, we'll cover off on that as well in the country racing uh, segment today with Nikita. And just finally, I know you are a very optimistic. You're a glass half full man, you are. You never look at things on the negative side of life. Mm. Um, are you confident that Golden 60 could come out for an all-star mile as has been mooted? Uh, read that story. I would be very, very, very surprised. They've got a very conservative attitude over there, but it doesn't help hurt to aim high. So I think I think the, a race like, you know, you and I have discussed this about how is it that this region of the world doesn't work in better and how we don't get the Hong Kong horses and, and so on. I, I think there should be a, an aiming point where we should be trying to aim for the golden 60s of this world and they should be aiming at the winxes of this world as well. So... I don't think it'll happen, but I like the idea that people think it should happen. Matty, see you in an hour and a half for the Big V, or two thanks. hours even. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Matty.